Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn, I'll try to get right into our lesson tonight. Matthew 5, verses 21 through 26. Matthew 5, 21 through 26. This will be one of these spiritual maintenance kind of lessons tonight. We need maintenance in anything that that does anything needs maintenance needs to be checked on worked on so it'll always operate at its uh, prime uh, productivity I guess so it can do everything it's supposed to do and and us as light of the world and salt of the earth bride of Christ body of Christ the church workers together with him whatever you want to call us we're uh, we need maintenance. The scripture said we ought to examine ourselves. And well, what do I need to examine myself unless there's a chance that something could be out of line or something could be broken? So uh, there are lessons I believe that that help us as individuals, and then help us as a body. Anything that we work on individually with our walk with God will somehow correlate to the rest of the body because we're all joined by one spirit. And so when you get better, you can believe it's going to help the rest of the body. Whatever congregation you're a part of, the fellowship you have in the body will be directly affected uh, oftentimes by uh, where you are conditionally in the spirit. If uh, there's a church full of people who are spiritually sick, the church is going to be sick. And oftentimes we've seen how one person can, can bring, it's contagious either way. Their faith and their joy can be contagious, or the, or that, you know, they got that Eeyore spirit on them where <laughs> nothing ever goes right, and it's always dragging the chin on the ground. That affects people too, you know. Uh, that can cause people to split like the Red Sea because they're like, man, I, here they come, let's go. <laughs> they, nobody wants to be around them. So we want to examine ourselves and make sure we're. We're in the faith, make sure we're doing good. So Matthew 5, uh, Jesus, so many good lessons he was teaching throughout this, this chapter. But right here, we're going to start. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother... Now, we're not just talking about, I mean, we don't need to just be angry with anybody. You know, things make us angry, but you don't want to harvest that and hold on to it. But this is uh, talking about the body, talking about our brother and uh, our sister, the people we serve with, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, which or shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother has aught against thee. Now, I want you to notice that. He didn't say, If you remember you have something against somebody, he said, If you remember that somebody's got something against you, there's a it's not splitting hairs. There's a big difference there. 
So he said, if you remember that your brother has aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. And tonight our lesson title is this, The Liberty of Reconciliation. The Liberty of Reconciliation. So let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us answers, giving us ways to work on ourselves, to be better, to be more like you, to be what you called us to be. Tonight, let the word find good ground and anoint these lips of clay that I could feed your people so we could all be better, be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word. You can be seated tonight, and thank you for being in service tonight. And So the liberty of reconciliation... In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, uh, was he spoke a lot to this church about reconciliation. But I want to read just a few things. and uh, Because first and foremost, when we start talking about being reconciled, we, we need to understand that we must be reconciled to God. So in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, uh, one of our favorite scriptures, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we have a ministry of reconciliation, a word of reconciliation that has been given unto us. In other words, words to preach, words to teach, words to speak uh, that will bring people to reconciliation. He said, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. That means we are, uh, you know, what an ambassador is, a representative of Christ as though God did beseech you by us. In other words, God's speaking to other people by us saying that we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So um, we see that uh, reconciliation to God first, without a doubt. That must be first and foremost. And now we have a word for people that, uh, you know, number one, first and foremost, repentance, remission of sins, those things deal with reconciliation unto God. That's us coming back into divine favor with God being where he wants us to be, being reconciled to God. The Lord uh, did this. He reconciled uh, us to himself by Jesus Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And so, uh, and now he has given us the ministry, uh, the word of reconciliation. So uh, to get people back to God. That's great. We're, we're actually, he's saying, we're in like in Christ's place, in his place. Since he's not here walking on the earth anymore, we as his children offer up this word. So we must be reconciled to God. Yeah. 
But after that happens, now walking in this flesh, walking in this uh, humanity, uh, problems arise. Even problems arise amongst Holy Ghost-filled individuals. The church, the brethren, the, the bride, they are still issues that we have to deal with even in this world because we are flesh and we are emotional creatures and uh, on our best day we can be horrible sometimes and you know we you know, it happens uh, we're people you know we can we're going through things we're and it, it affects us and we say things or we do things we hurt others or we get hurt by others and so things happen it's just like uh Living for the Lord, sometimes we do things against Him. And then what happens? We have to be reconciled back with God. We have to get things back in order. You cannot live. Even after you, you've been born again, you still have to leave a repentive life. You have to be ready to repent and get yourself back in line with God. Well, guess what, body? Uh, we have to get ourselves back in line with each other because it happens. Sometimes we get at odds. We need to fix it. We don't need to stay that way because if we do, it's going to cause a problem. And so while uh, we talk about mercy and, and grace and love and forgiveness, we must also talk about reconciliation among ourselves. In John 13, 34 and 35, uh, just to remind us of how the Lord expected us to view one another. He says this, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. In uh, 1 John, John kind of takes this lesson and, and still teaching this among the churches in 1 John chapter 2 and verses, uh, let's see, 9 through 11, he says, He that saith he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother in, is in darkness and walk, walks in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that darkness, darkness has blinded his eyes. And so in chapter 4, in verse 7, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, knoweth God. So we see, uh, well, let me, let me go on down a few more verses. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son in the world that we might live through him. Reconciliation. God reconciled the world unto himself through Christ. So he's, he's, he's saying the same things. Uh, that we just read that Jesus uh, had, had talked about us being reconciled to our brothers. Uh, we also have to be reconciled to God. That's what God did for us through Christ. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. If we're going to love each other the way that God has loved us, his love con contained reconciliation. It contained mercy and grace and love and forgiveness, and it also contained reconciliation. 
It means things got right between people. It wasn't just him sprinkling grace on people, sprinkling mercy on people uh, to none effect or showering people with love to none effect or forgiving them just because without them. This was a reconciliation. It was people getting right with God. Even John the Baptist in his message when he began preaching, uh, he, he told the Pharisees and the, the scribes and the Sadducees, different ones that came, he said, you need to bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. You need to come willing uh, to accept that God is going to have mercy on you and you need to come uh, repenting. So uh, John went on to say in verses 20 and 21, if a man say, I love God hates his, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother who he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So there's a lot of, uh, of love scriptures here. Uh, not romantic love like between a husband and a wife, but the love between brother and sister in the body. How that we ought to love one another and uh, treat one another and be there for one another to have the same kind of love for one another that God had for us. This is the way Jesus wanted us to be. That's why he said, here's the new commandment, that you love one another like I've loved you, so love one another. And so in that, uh, when you read in the stories of him walking with them, you see the way he talked with them, the way he, uh, you know, sometimes he spoke and corrected them and different things like that, but always out of love always to get them back in line. His, even his uh, statement to Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. That's to keep Peter in line. I don't want Peter to go away. I don't want him to get out of sorts. I want to make sure he stays right where he is supposed to be. I love him. He's going to deny me, but I love him. He's going to cut a guy's ear off, but I love him. He's going to rebuke me, but I love him, and I want him to stay in line with me. And, and so uh, that love and mercy... Stuff is great, but there's got to be reconciliation uh, if things are going to be right. If we're not reconciled to God, then we're out of order. God wants us back in divine favor with him. We've got to be holy as he is holy. Uh, we've got to be reconciled to him, and then things are in order. Well, it works like that in the body. If we have a problem in the body, then we need to reconcile it. We need to take care of it. We can't just let it go on. We must love one another, show mercy, show forgiveness, all those things. We must be reconciled. We do these things because we can do these from, uh, you know, let me say, hold on, let me start over. Let me say it like this. You know why mercy and grace and forgiveness is so easy for us to just, because we can do that anywhere. Somebody can say something against you, and you never have to look at them. You can say, well, I forgive them. That's easy. I know I've got to forgive so I can be forgiven. So if I don't have to see them, I can say, hey, I forgive you. Yeah, Lord. From the privacy of our prayer room and wherever we're at, dealing with it, talking to the Lord, it's easy for us to say, show them mercy, Lord. I forgive them. But where's the reconciliation? Jesus said, be reconciled to your brother or your sister. Be reconciled to one another. Not just, uh, it's easy. See, 
Reconciliation, it doesn't, sweep, it doesn't sweep stuff under the rug. It confronts things. It fixes things. It's like uh, that uh, it, it might be tough, it might be painful, it might be uncomfortable, but it doesn't hide things. It, it, it exposes things so things can be fixed. Because if something stays below the surface, it's going to cause a problem. It's got to be fixed. And the Lord knew that, and he said, before you start trying to be spiritual, you need to make sure everything's in order, make sure things are fixed. And so uh, we do love, mercy, and forgiveness because we can do this from afar. But Jesus said, I need you to reconcile. He told us when you pray, pray, Lord, forgive me. And he said, when you pray, forgive people. There's no, I'm not saying you don't do that in your prayer. When you're praying, God, forgive them. I forgive them. So, Lord, you forgive them. But you can say that in your prayer closet all day long. But as soon as you walk in church and see them, what happens? Because if you can't stand to look at them, you hadn't reconciled. If you can't come and pray with them in the altar, you hadn't reconciled. If you can't listen to them speak or, or be around them, you hadn't reconciled. And you can say, well, I forgave them. But Jesus said, I want you to reconcile. I want you to fix things. That's what we need, reconciliation. When you pray, forgive people, seek mercy, grace, love, all those things, but make sure that you are ready to reconcile. To our brothers and sisters, we need to be right. I didn't say you're going to hold hands and walk on the beach together. But you ought to be able to speak to one another, love one another, treat one another with respect. When situations go unresolved, bitterness can form in us. And then divisions pop up, a lack of unity, and the body will be affected. You've got to get it fixed. This world is watching us. The Lord said, this is how the world will know you're my disciples when they see you love one another. And if we really love one another, we'll reconcile. Don't get the wrong idea about reconciliation. Don't, like I said, don't think reconciliation is going to make you hug and kiss each other every time you see one another. But it will put back the relationship where you can speak to one another, where there's no anger, no malice. We're going to talk about what happens when reconciliation goes one way in just a minute, but we need to be ready to confront ourselves because there's nothing worse than walking in a room feeling like me and so-and-so's got something going on there. And so I'm going to stay on this side of the church. I'm going to avoid them. I'm going to get out of here as soon as service is over. I'm not saying that's what's going on here. But our church, don't think that, you know, we're the greatest church in my mind on the planet, but, but we're a church full of people. I told you, I said, this is a spiritual maintenance lesson. This is where, as a body, we realize that as people start coming in and more and more people are coming here and this church starts growing, well, it's just natural. Somebody's going to butt heads. Somebody's going to get offended. Somebody's going to you know, have something against somebody. And if it goes unresolved, 
people leave, churches split, the unity falls by the wayside. But if people can learn, hey, what's more important than anything else is that we be reconciled, that we fix things. The church, hey, and don't think that uh, um, we're the only ones dealing with it. I told you Paul wrote uh, a lot about uh, divisions and things like that, and especially to the church that he was telling them you got to be reconciled to God. Uh, it's always been going on. In Romans 16 and 17, there were people that caused division. He said, because you need to mark them. Mark them which caused division among you. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, he said, I want you to all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. You need to have the same uh, speech. No, I don't want any divisions among you. 1 Corinthians 3 and 3, he said, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife, and divisions, are you not carnal walk as men? So uh, when there's division in a church, that means carnality has gotten into the church. Reconciliation is a spiritual thing because it came from him first. We're reconciled unto God first. That's a spiritual happening for God to get us back in favor with him. And so it affects us spiritually if we don't reconcile with our brothers and sisters because we're not natural brothers and sisters. We are spiritual brothers and sisters. And so we need to make sure that we are reconciling ourselves to one another. Don't carry a grudge. Don't let bitterness uh, take root in, in your body. Don't uh, just, uh, and like I say, we can trick ourselves because people, you know, I don't like confrontation. I don't like this and that. Well, you don't have to be confrontational. Just reconcile. 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen 18 says, um, First of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. People will know and talk about your division. If there's division in a church, it'll be talked about. If there's battling and warring and fighting and biting in the church, people will know about it. People will see it because you know what's going to happen? The ones that are doing it, they're going to be talking about it or they're going to be posting about it. And then people are going to be like, whoo, that church is, man, I wouldn't go there for nothing. I said, they tear each other up. They tear, they, they, they're trying to kill each other. That's why I love that when people come here, they say, man, I feel the love of God in this place. Because uh, the love of God uh, contains all these things, grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation. And if I've got the love of God in my life, then I'm going to have that component because the scripture says he has given me a word and a ministry of reconciliation that it is entirely possible for me to go and reconcile myself with somebody. That I could go and, and fix things so that there is no more division, no more problem. The scripture says we are one body by one spirit. We are called by one name. We serve one God. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we are to be in the unity of the faith. Jesus said in John 17 and 21, when he was praying before he was sending them out into the world, he said that they may all be one as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Uh, the unity there that they had as one would be evidence that they were his. 
Their unity came from the love that they had for one another. He had already mentioned, this is how people will know you're my disciples. And so the way that uh, we shine a, a great light for him is that we stay one. We heard our testimony when we are seen as anything else other than one. Individually, if, a, if an individual goes out and all they do is run their church down or run their brother and sister down, all you're doing is hurting your own testimony. And, and instead of doing that, why don't you just go and, and talk to the one you got a problem with? Fix it. Get it right. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 25, um, Paul said that there should be no, I hate this word, it's always hard to pronounce, schisms in the body. That means a, a gap or a split in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another, the same care, the same love, the same attention. We, we ought to uh, pay attention to somebody. You can't reconcile with one and not reconcile with another. You can't love one and not love another. It's got to have the same care. We've got to be one. And so when we come back, if we want to keep unity in the church, then there must be reconciliation in the church. Because first of all, we're his, and now we're together, and we must all be in one mind and one accord. We need to have all things common. We need to uh, be unified in the faith. We need to be one, unified bride of Christ. And as a congregation of people with all kind of likes and hang-ups and dislikes and all kind of things. We've got that. It'll never work without reconciliation. You can't put this many pieces of a puzzle together and not have reconciliation. It won't last. You've got to have a way to maintain unity. Reconciliation is part of that. Forgiveness, sure. Love, mercy, and grace, all that works. But you're shortchanging you're gifting, you're shortchanging yourself and somebody else if you leave reconciliation out of the picture. Because again, it's easy to say, I forgive somebody. It's a whole other thing to be reconciled. Now, in the scripture that when Jesus starts this, uh, talking about reconciliation, first thing he said was, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, then you leave your gift there at the altar and go your way. Your gifting is important. Don't get me wrong, that, that's important. In that day and time, what you were taking, especially if, during the temple days when they were bringing offerings and sacrifices to the altar, that was paramount. When Jesus was talking to this crowd and he said, if you come bringing what you're bringing to God and you remember that your brother has something against you, you leave it. Don't offer it, don't do anything it's more important that you live in harmony with your brother than try to act like you're something for God. And it's the same way of the church today. Our giftings are important. Our ministries are important. But if we can't get along with one another, it don't mean nothing. It don't. We've got to be able to love one another because how can we even work? Uh, we are workers together. We're workers together with him. Hey, he don't need us to work. He said, the body said, so we are workers. That means we're all workers together. We're all working together, and then it's with him. 
It's, he's not saying, uh, well, me and him, so me and him's working together. I'm always, I'm work, I work for him. We're workers together with him. The church, how can the church work together if there's no reconciliation? Because forgiveness, I'll just say forgiveness is not even real forgiveness unless reconciliation has been at least attempted. Something's got to be fixed. And if we're going to keep unity in the church, reconciliation is a must. Because I know people that say, hey, I, well, I forgave them. I just don't, I'm never going to speak to them again. Well, how's that going to work? I don't get it. I, it, it won't work. I forgave them, but I'm never going to talk to them again. I'm not going to look at them. I won't be in the same room with them. How did you even think that you really forgave anybody? Um, you know, so if you want to look at Webster's definition of reconciliation or to reconcile, I said to reconcile means to make friendly again. It means that the friendliness has been lost evidently, but now it means to make friendly again, to be friends again, to, to make... And again, you can be... People say, well, friends, that's a big leap. I got a lot of friends that I never see, but they are my friends. And if I saw them, we could hang out, say hey, shake hands, and all that stuff. You don't see them all the time. Being friends with somebody, again, doesn't mean that you're going to go on a date with them. It don't mean you've got to go sit down to supper with them. It doesn't mean that you've got to invite them to your house for a weekend. Being friends with somebody means that when you see them, you don't spit on them, slap them, cuss them, kick them, ignore them, shun them, make them feel bad, treat them like dirt. You know, you can be, there's a lot of people. Hey, in the world of Facebook, we know that better than anything. I've got friends on Facebook that I have seen maybe in a service somewhere, but now we're friends. People we met in Africa when we went. I've got friends from South Africa that I will probably never see them in person again. But if I do, I'm going to hug their neck and I shake their hands because I'm friends with them. And it's the same way when you're reconciled with somebody, when you reconcile, you make friends again. You make it where you could shake their hand and say, praise the Lord. God bless you. And mean it. You reconcile. It doesn't mean you have to, every time you see them somewhere, oh, they have to go across the parking lot and you got to, Chase them down and, and grab them and, you know, don't put more on what reconciliation is, but it is making friends again. But the word that Jesus used there, reconciled, in the Greek means uh, to consolate or conciliate, so without the R-E on it, which means just to make friendly. So he's saying you need to make you need to go make friendly with them. But it also, uh, before it comes to that, it means to change thoroughly. So it's more, reconciliation is more than just saying, hey, I forgive you, but it is changing something thoroughly. I'll show you how that works. When God recon reconciled us unto him, we, we read it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He changed us thoroughly. We changed thoroughly. Old things have passed away. All things become new. We change thoroughly. Our attitude toward God is different because we have received 
what he's got for us. We've received his, received his love and his mercy and his care. So now we're changed thoroughly. He changed us thoroughly. And now we walk different. We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk after this world. We don't love the things of the world. We love the things of God. We are holy because he's holy. We've been reconciled to him. It was a thorough change. When we want to see reconciliation among ourselves, then we have to change our attitude. We've got to change our actions, our words, our thoughts, uh, so we can be reconciled to one another and be friends again. But you, it can't, it's got to be a thorough change. It can't just be with your mouth. It's got to be from the heart. Because you can't uh, talk about, see them say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you again. And, and get in the car and ride off going, I can't stand them. Oh, I wish they would fall off a cliff. You know, you, you, can't, you can't do that. That's not reconciliation. So your attitude has to change. And what helps us with reconciliation is remembering that all of us had to be reconciled to God. He loved us when we were awful, when we were in sin, and he reconciled us to him. And we got to remember that we are all people and we're not any of us better than anybody else. We might be doing better right now, but we are not more worthy and we're not better, and we're not like on some pedestal. Uh, There there are no social classes. There's no levels of, hey, this this group is better than this group, and this one's better than that. We're all on the same place. He said, I concluded everybody under sin so I could have mercy and forgive everybody. There's none righteous, no, not one. So uh, remember that when you think, "Mm, they they shouldn't be taking up airspace on the planet. They're, They're just, you know, they need to be out of here. I can't stand them. Well, you know what? If it wasn't for the grace and mercy and reconciliation of God, it could be you. And tomorrow it could be. Something could happen that just caught you, catches you off guard, knocks you for a loop, and man, you are mean and ornery and say something or do something or you make a mistake. Yeah, got to be reconciled. And so just like when we make mistakes, with the Lord, we have to repent, and we have to be reconciled back to God. We have to, Lord, forgive us, and, and like I said, he forgives us, but uh, he brings us back into favor. If he didn't still do a continual act of reconciliation after that first slip up, we're, we're in a different class now because, well, I reconciled you when, when you went in that water, washed all your sins away, filled you with the Spirit, You're born again. I adopted you. But now you made a mistake. You're a stepchild. You need to stay off all over here somewhere. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll see you on weekends and holidays. You know, just, you're not the same. You're not with me all the time. But because he reconciles us, when we confess our faults and he's faithful to forgive us, when he forgives, he said, he's just like that father when that prodigal son came home. I know what you've done. I heard all about it. I'm going to put this robe on you so it'll cover up. I'm going to put shoes on your feet, a ring on your finger. We're going to celebrate. You're, you're my son. I just come to be a servant. No, because that's not reconciliation. Reconciliation is to say this is my son that was lost, but now he's found, that was dead, now he's alive. This is my son. Let's celebrate. Let's restore him. Let's bring him back. And so the son was reconciled back to the father. Well, it's got to get to some kind of level like that in the church where we realize that if our brother or sister, uh, you know, and I'm telling you, that's why I'm always big about 
keep those political posts down and things like that because, uh, man, people get, you know, hey, guess what? Everybody sitting in your church don't vote the same way you vote. It just happens. That's why I say stay off that politics stuff because if you don't, you're going to get somebody upset with you and they, somebody sitting right behind you saw you posting about such and such uh, on Facebook and they're like, if I had a song book, I'd hit them right in the back of the head. Because they're so upset about that I had no idea. They thought like that. That's why I'm telling you, you, you get caught up in these, these things in this world and it, it'll mess you up. That's why there's got to be reconciliation in the church so that brothers and sisters can worship together and work together and be a light in their city and a light for one another and can help one another. Because, if you, man, if you can't stand somebody, you ain't going to pray for them. And if you can't stand them and you're trying to lay your hands on them, man, just... Don't, because you're not helping. Oh, God's going to see how hard I had to, because he knows I can't stand them. And you know what? He's going to be like, yeah, and all you're doing is leaving a palm print on their head. You're not helping them at all because your heart ain't even in it. You you can't go up and pray for them so other people will see you praying for them. You know, like I said, this this forgiving and, and mercy and love saying, oh, I forgave them and I've got mercy and I've got love and all that, well, that's, that's good flying out of your mouth, but until you can go and try to reconcile with that person, because the end, because like I say, driving down the road, hits, something hits your mind, you think about what they did, well, Lord, I forgive them. Well, how, how do they know? And when you say it like that, how do you know you even really, you, you'll know whether you really forgave them or not next time you see them. So, uh, more than just saying it, we've got to change some things. And he didn't say just change. He said uh, change, the word means to change thoroughly. It means uh, we've got to work on our attitude, our actions, our words. You know, uh, you, you've got to be able to forgive them, have mercy, have grace, have love. You've got to be able to reconcile. You've got to be able to make friendly again. Be friendly again. Be friendly toward them. Because how can you say you love God who you have not seen if you hate your brother who you have seen? And so what we offer up, what Jesus is saying here, you come ready to offer up some things and you're here to do something, that's great. But being in harmony with one another is what he wanted. It's just like obedience is better than sacrifice. He's like, listen, uh, I know that you think this is tough, this is hard, all these things. You know, don't come in here. A preacher don't need to try to get up and preach if he has something in his heart against somebody else, because he he can't he can't preach honestly with something in his heart against somebody. He has to be able to forgive and reconcile, or it's going to affect him. It's going to uh, that's why this message is the liberty of reconciliation. It's it, it'll take care of you because your gifting is important, but but if you can't reconcile, you're heading toward prison. What, what he said? He said, agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way. And so uh, we need to make sure that we are living in harmony with one another. Romans 12 and 18, uh, I was thinking as I was studying, this scripture came to mind. It said, if it be possible, 
And, so, and this is what people say, well, I got, I got scripture for you, Pastor, because he said, if it's possible, and it's just impossible for me to live peaceably with them. It's not, because all things are possible through him. He said, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. So greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, which lives inside of me. What lives inside of me and what lies inside of me is greater than any hurt anybody else can do. It's greater than uh, any lie that could be told on you. It's greater than any hurt that could come your way. What, what lives inside of you is greater than what the flesh can throw at you. And somebody might just get really carnal one day and really hurt you and mess you up. But you know what? What's in you is greater. That's why people live on and serve God and keep going time and time. They've been talked about, lied on, kicked around, suffered all these kind of things, yet they keep going because what's in them and they keep ministering and they keep preaching and they keep loving people and they keep praying for people. You know why? Because it's not just about having love, mercy, and, and forgiveness in life. Reconciliation. I can reconcile it. I can, I, can, I, can be, I, can, I can make friendly again. People say, how could you even go and talk to that person after what they did? Well, number one, I don't want to go to hell over something silly. <laughs> I don't want to be lost over some kind of silly, silly argument. But other than that, the Lord may tarry for another 20 years. I got to see them at church, at conferences, wherever I go. I'm not going to be ducking them, hiding from them. I want to be able to, if something happens, we end up at the altar and we're side by side. I don't want to be trying not let nobody touch me or, you know, or what if they come and lay their hand on my forehead to pray for me? Ooh, you know, you, I don't want I don't, everybody to see me go. <laughs> you know, or, so you, you know, I, I won't, you see, you, you find yourself, like, like Jesus is saying, if you don't take care of this, this person, it's going to end up bringing you before the judge. It's like he's bringing you before the judge, and the judge is going to deliver you to the officer, and the officer is going to throw you in prison. You're going to be locked up where you can't worship right, you can't pray right, you can't minister right. It's going to affect your gifting. It's going to affect your walk. It's going to affect your life. It's going to, make you, it's going to affect your sleep. You're going to find yourself in a prison of your own doing because you would not reconcile. And listen, as important as it is for if you hurt somebody to go to them, he said, if you know they got something against you. Man, I heard so-and-so didn't like what I said. I can't help it, they don't like it. So what? He said, if you remember that before you get up to the altar, go find them and reconcile. Fix it. Go try to, because it's, it's there now. Now you know about it. You know they got something. He said, if they got something against you. Now, here's where people are like, well, you can't force people to be reconciled. No, but you can offer it. And that's all that's required. How many people does God offer reconciliation to that never take it? It don't affect him at all. 
because he's doing it. God does not just forgive people without them, you know, just, well, let's see, boy, they've been, they don't know me, they don't go to church, they don't worship me. Matter of fact, they don't even believe in me, but I'm going to forgive them. That ain't what he does. It's there. It's offered. When he came to this, this world, wrapped himself in flesh, it was offered. And so let me get, before I, before I finish that, uh, I want to make sure that I leave something out important because I feel like I did. When we leave things, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, no, I did cover that. I'm good. Pretty good. What I'm saying is that so God offers that. Whether I take it or not, he's done what he's supposed to do because he's God. Well, when you offer reconciliation to somebody, you've done what you're supposed to do. They might look at you and say, I still don't like you. Okay. But I like you. I'm your friend. I don't care. I don't want you to be my friend. <laughs> you know you look like an idiot, but I'm still your friend. You know, you offer, you go and say, look, I heard, you know, I, I said something that it really offended you and you were really upset with me. I just want you to know that I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, we go to church together. You're my brother and the Lord. You know, we're both baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And so I just want you to know that, hey, uh, I'm sorry for it. Didn't, that was not my intention. And so, you know, I wasn't trying to upset anybody. Just, you know, hope you'll forgive me and things can be all right. No, I'm going to forgive you. You can't do nothing about that. But you now have done what you were supposed to do. You have went, and you can be clear. And I can tell you that that really works because I, I knew there was a guy years ago. I knew that he, number one, he believed some things that weren't true. I knew that because I heard what he believed, something that had happened. And I knew that he couldn't stand me because anytime he saw me in town, he would fake look at his phone. He would go the other way. They wouldn't, you could speak to him, they wouldn't speak. And one night in a service, I said, man, I'm tired of this. And I went to his pastor first. I said, listen, I just want you to know so you don't think there's fixing to be a fight in here or something. I said, I just want you to know that I'm fixing to go to him and I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to go apologize to him. I'm just going to go try to make things right. I said, because this is crazy. I said, every time we're in a service together somewhere, I said, it's all this tension and stuff. It's ridiculous. And so I went to him, and I told him, I said, whatever it is, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I love you. You've always been a friend to me. Uh, you know, we were friends. And so whatever happened, I'm not sure. I just want you to know that I'm sorry, and I don't have anything against you. I want the best for you and your family and everything, and all these things like that, and he just closed his eyes, he said, well, God's good, I said, okay, I went, but boy, I felt a whole big thing just leave me, and I knew, I said, well, it'll be fine, you know, it'll come around, years later, I saw him again at a funeral, and he came to me, just like we had never had a problem, shook my hand, the Bible says, when a man's ways please the Lord, and he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. Right. Now, reconciliation is pleasing to the Lord. 
And so when we, are, when we have that kind of heart that we will reconcile, that's pleasing to God. So people say, well, man, I pray, I fast, I give, so that's pleasing to the Lord, so God's going to make all my enemies. Your enemies become at peace with you when you're willing to reconcile, when you love your enemies and pray for them that despitefully use you. When reconcil Reconciliation is part of pleasing God. So we need to make sure that before we try to minister and do things and bring our gifts that if there's something going on, we need to get it fixed. If there's somebody you know, hey, I know it. There's something going on there. If you get home tonight, call them. Just call them. Say, look, uh, I just need you to know whatever's been going on, if it's been going on for years, if it's been going on for a week, whatever. Listen, we're both children of the Lord, and there's no reason for us to be at odds. I want you to know if I've done anything, I'm sorry. Just repent for it. Ask forgiveness because it's more important than any, than any cost, than any pride, than any ego or anything else for us to be in harmony. I'm going to look like a sissy. I'm going to look like a wimp. I'm going to look like a punk if I go apologize. To who? I'm telling you, you you're going to feel better. The reconciliation is a get-out-of-jail-free card or a stay-out-of-jail-free card because he's saying if you can reconcile, you ain't got to worry about the judge and the officer in the prison. But if you won't reconcile, you can rest assured you're headed somewhere. He said you won't get out until you pay the other uttermost farthing, so you're going to pay the top bill. You're going to pay it all. If, you, if it goes that far, there's a price that's going to have to be paid that you don't want to have to deal with. You want to make sure that you handle it before it gets bad. Take care of it. So if they won't receive it, not your problem. Everybody won't accept it. In John 15 and 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he said, you are my friends if you do so whatsoever I command you. Friends. You know what the Lord was doing? I'm making friends. I'm laying down my life make friends, to reconcile people, to, to, to bring people back in favor, to, to change people thoroughly, to make friends. It's going to be a sacrifice. The Bible says that we present ourselves a living sacrifice. You know what part of his sacrifice was? Reconciling people. You know what part of being a, a, a living sacrifice is? Being able to reconcile. So this is part of our uh, equipment here. You know, when you take on the full armor of God, uh, you still got to be able to reconcile. You can't just go swinging swords and ducking behind a shield. If you've got that, that gospel of peace and all these other things, you're going to have reconciliation. It's in there. I don't like reconciliation. That means I got to talk to people. Yep, sure does. That means I've got to be nice people. Sure does. It means I've got to let things go. Yep, sure does. Lay aside weight and sin. It's a, you know, we just, man, that, that scripture pops into play so many times, doesn't it? Lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. You know what happens when you won't reconcile? They just stack it on the weight. You know what happens? It'll get bitter, turn into bitterness and all kind of things, and for long it'll be sin. He said, you can do that when you're look looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. When I look at him, all I see is him reconciling, 
reconciling, forgiving people, loving people, still hanging out with people. You know, if most of us, if somebody had said to us what Peter said to him when he rebuked him, you know, if somebody rebukes us, that's it. Unfriended, unfollowed, cut off. I ain't nothing else to do with you. And then we're going to tell everybody, can you believe they had the nerve to rebuke me and say this? And, you know, but Jesus just, he didn't take the keys back. He didn't kick him out of the 12. He didn't say, you can mark, mark preaching on the day of Pentecost off your calendar. I'll get somebody else. He just reconciled it. Still loved him. Still hung out with him. Still let him preach. Still let him do what he was supposed to do because that's Jesus. Well, that's us. We're supposed to be him, his body. We've got to reconcile. So that's a little step farther than forgiveness. It's, it's added in there with it. So it's time to make things thoroughly new. It's time to change thoroughly. It's time to make friends again. If it worked when Jesus did it, it can work when we do it. Now, there's some that Jesus spoke to that said, finally they just walked off from him. Can't do nothing about it. But he still did his part. Even if I think they won't receive it, that doesn't give me the right to say, you know, I can't say, hey, Lord, I want to pull a Jonah. They ain't going to listen. I'm not going to go to Nineveh. You're going to go because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, well, I'm going to forgive and have mercy and, and try to reconcile because that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, they're going to probably just laugh at me or cuss me out. Well, they might. But you've done what you were supposed to do. And there's no chance for harmony or things to be fixed if nobody says anything, if nobody does anything. It just will, it'll spread. Man, that, that kind of stuff will just spread like a cancer in a church and it'll kill it. So if it worked when Jesus did it, it can work when we do it. We're going to sacrifice ego, pride, hurt feelings. We've got to push all that back so we can reconcile. But being able to have peace of mind that you can lay down at night and know there ain't a soul on this planet that I can't shake their hand and hug their neck. There ain't a soul on this planet that I can't love them the way Jesus would especially in my church. You can't just go up hugging people anywhere. But your church people, you know, some, you know, your church people, you, you may never go out to dinner with them or anything like that. Because, you know, we're in a church, big church. People go different directions, whatever. We don't always all hang out together. But we're supposed to be unified and love one another. And so uh, you can lay down at night and think, man, why did they have to come to my church? Ooh, reconciliation. So being able to have that peace of mind that you did what Jesus would do, that you were like him, that's, that's worth it all. So be reconciled. It'll keep you out of prison. It'll keep you out of that dark place. Be reconciled. Offer your gift. Do great things for God. Honey, you can come to the music. Let's stand together. So 
you see, if a man can be reconciled, he doesn't have to head to prison. He's got liberty. He's free to minister. He's free to worship. He's free to pray without anything hindering him. A lot of prayers, a lot of people are hindered in their prayer life and their walk with God, and it's not because they're addicts. It's not because they're thieves or liars or murderers. It's because they can't get along with somebody. And it really, it's like, well, that's, that's small stuff. It ain't small stuff. People lose out and walk away over small stuff. I was talking about that the other day. I said, it's the small things that make us swerve a lot of times. And so tonight, we're going to open the altar and give us a chance to come pray. And if you know there's something going on, if that individual's not here, if it's somebody you need to straighten some things out with, if they're not here tonight, still come pray. Come pray. God, give me strength. I want to reconcile. If they are here, before you leave this building tonight, just go to them and make it right. Fix it. Tell them I'm sorry. We're brothers or sisters in the Lord. There's no reason for us to be at odds. We may not see eye to eye, but we can love one another, serve God together. Let's reconcile. Let's be, let's be friendly.
think next to the Lord, there's not a single thing I value more than the church, than the saints. We need each other. This last day, this world gets even more crazy before the Lord comes back. I'm sure it will. Uh, If there's one thing we need, it's each other. So let's love one another, be reconciled to one another, and let's do a work for the Lord. Amen. Thank you for being in church tonight. Hope to see you this weekend on Sunday. Pray for my wife and daughter. They're flying out at 7.30 in the morning to Texas, and so pray for the safe travels for them. And we'll see you Sunday, the Lord willing. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.